Hello, everyone, and welcome to my first ever podcast. My name is Robert Blanchard, but my friends call me Bobby. Robert, is, well, Robert's my real name, and Robert is also my author name. And I am the author of the award-winning series called The Roar of a Dragon. I have been wanting to do a podcast for a very long time. As friends of mine will know, I've been a wrestling fan my whole life, and I listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. But my favorite is The Solomon Monster Sounds Off, done by Jason Solomon. And uh, he was the inspiration behind me doing a podcast. So I want to shout out Jason. I know I'm name dropping. I'm very sorry. But we are here now. And I thought I would start this first podcast by telling you all about my journey into writing and how it came to be. Um, I loved writing my whole life. Uh, I would write things here and there. I wrote short stories and whole books and things like that. But the books I wrote back then would never be published by anyone under any circumstances. <laughs> Not that the writing was bad or anything, but it was the stories were just so outlandish and it just wouldn't work. So, so I've always been a fan of writing. The seeds for the Roar of a Dragon were planted. I believe in the year 2000. I was taking a bath. I'm sorry. I like taking baths. I know that's not a manly thing to do, but I've always loved baths. And I was in the bathtub and I just had this germ of an idea just for an opening paragraph for a prologue. And it's the opening paragraph of the prologue of the first book. It's pretty much exactly as I thought it in my head at that time. And that's really how it all started. Just that one Germ over an idea. Okay, podcast over. I told the story. It's done. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, after that initial paragraph, I didn't write anything for a long time because I really had no idea what I wanted the story to be. I spent a lot of time trying to come up with a name for my main character, and I was really stuck on the letter R. So I was thinking of names like Rowan, or I I can't think of any others off the top of my head right now, but Rowan, I believe, at one point was the name of the main character. Years and years and years would go by, and I really hadn't written very much. I would write a little more here and there. The main character would eventually become Aiden, which was a name I came across from the movie The Ring. The child in the movie, his name is Aiden. And I thought, well, that would be a, a good name for a character. And it's very ironic because I have two boys, and my youngest son is named Aiden, but he is not named after the character in my book. It just so happened that Aiden's mother, her dream since she was 12 years old, if she had a boy, was to name the boy Aiden, because it means little fire in Celtic. So there's a fun trivia question for you. The name of my character in my book and my youngest son are not named after each other. <laughs> anyway, I was working at Walmart. I had worked there for about six and a half years at this point. And I remember one day going on a 15 minute break, sitting in my car, and I woke up 
an hour and a half later. And to this day, I don't know why. I don't know why that happened, but I clearly wasn't with it. And I went in and I punched out <laughs> without telling anybody. Um, it, it was just something I did without thinking. I, I, like I said, I've been there six and a half years at this point and I earned a lot, you know, a lot of respect. I'm a hard worker and I don't complain very much. The managers all like me. So, you know, I never ended up getting in trouble for it, but it's not something I would have done just because. But after I punched out, I went out and I called my girlfriend. I said, something's wrong. And she said, stay there. I will come pick you up. And she did. And I started experiencing issues with dizziness. And it just became a constant problem. And I was missing days of work. And I was out for a couple weeks. I saw doctors during that time. But um, they basically said, sit it out for a couple of weeks and you can go back to work. Well, I went back to work. The second day of work after I came back was Black Friday. And in the past, I'd always been able to just work and work and work and work and never take a break. There was always something to do. But on this Black Friday, I remember talking to a friend of mine after working for about eight hours straight, which is my doing, by the way. I was, you know, it's not like Walmart was ever going to say, you need to work and you can't take a break, you know. I just didn't take one because that's what I had always done. But I am talking to my friend, and the next thing I know, I'm on the floor. Things get kind of foggy by that point, as you might imagine. But there happened to be a nurse who was there, and I remember feeling her hands on my back, you know, trying to, you know, make sure I was conscious or whatever. And I remember. I remember her asking me if I knew where I was and my response was I'm on the floor. <laughs> I guess even in a subconscious state, I must crack jokes. It's funny that I said that because there is a scene in the movie, the best of the best after Virgil gets, he's holding the, the pad, the kicking machine, whatever. And Tommy Lee gets pissed off and he delivers a kick, sends Virgil flying and he's laying on the floor and Tommy runs away, but everyone's gathered around him and they ask, Virgil, do you know where you are? Do you know where you are? And he looks over to his side and he goes, I'm on the floor. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Anyway, I end up getting taken out in an ambulance and the problems with dizziness did not go away. Uh, I saw doctors, I saw EN, ENTs, I saw neurologists, physical therapists, I saw all kinds of doctors. And it would be another two years before I ever had an answer. And during that time, I lost my job at Walmart, which I gave Walmart no choice in the matter. I just They, they had told me, if you can't come to work, don't come to work. And I just stopped coming to work because the problems were not going away and they had no choice but to let me go. A lot of people, you know, have bad experiences working at Walmart and I get it. Um, but me, I, I never had that. I never had that bad experience. They took care of me over there. They did the best they could, but things are what they are and I had to leave. And if any of you out there have ever been sick or had something wrong with you for a long period of time, 
eventually it becomes an issue of not so much getting better, but just finding answers. Eventually all you want are answers. And it was two years before I ever got my answer, at least part of it. Uh, the physical therapist whose name escapes me at this point in time, which is very sad because I always held him in high regard after this. He was my hero. Um, he diagnosed me with right unilateral vestibular hypofunction, which basically means when I look to the right, my eye shakes ever so slightly and it messes up your vestibular system, which is your balance system. So I was in physical therapy for a long time. I was on medications. I was on all kinds of stuff. There was slight improvement, but not really enough to, you know, really be able to do anything. But during those two years where I was, where I really couldn't do anything, what I could do was write. And I would sit in my chair with my laptop. And the seeds of the story were coming to me before I ever left Walmart. I was thinking about it a lot and I was writing. And I had a friend of mine by the name of Mike who probably gave me the best advice I've ever gotten. And he's not even a writer, at least not to my knowledge. But his advice was, never stop thinking about your story. And so I did that. I would think about it constantly. I would think about it a lot before I went to bed. And actually helped me. I have trouble sleeping. I've always had trouble sleeping and staying asleep and things like that. But thinking about my writing was a big help. And one might think, you know, oh, thinking about your writing put you to sleep. So how did you expect it to work in a book? But, you know, it wasn't like that. It was just relaxing to think about where I was going next in the story and where I wanted to eventually go. So maybe I will go into this in greater detail at a later time. But years and years go by. And finally, I finished the book. As a matter of fact, the date in which it was finished was 4.47 p.m. December 9th, 2011. As I am looking at my journal here. I remember when I finished that book, it was just such a surreal experience. And I, I really didn't know how to process it. Like, you know, it didn't, it just didn't, wouldn't register for me. And as every writer out there knows, when you finish a book, then the real work begins because then you have to edit it. And I did my best editing and whatever. And so finally I finished editing the book. I put it all together. It's like 150,000 words, just completely ludicrous. And of course the next step is trying to find a literary agent. And I spent a year trying to get a literary agent, of course, getting no calls back. And it's a very defeating experience, uh, as some of you who are writers out there will know. During this time, uh, I lost the apartment that I was living in, and I had to move in with an ex-girlfriend of mine uh, who took really good care of me, and uh, she, knew, she knew something was wrong, and she did everything she could to help me and, you know, keep me sheltered and all that stuff. And then a year after that, I went to live with my dad and it was way out in this, it was just way out in the middle of nowhere. And it was, I was at a really low point in my life. A lot of things had happened besides being sick. You know, I'd lost my girlfriend at that point, which was my fault. And, uh, I was just at the lowest point in my entire life. 
and going out to live with my father in the, the house was on a hill and a field and it was just fields for miles it was the most peaceful rehabilitating experience of my life and um but toward the end uh my father did not own that house he was renting it and the people who were renting it to him wanted to sell it to their son or whatever and i really wanted to help my dad because my dad had helped me during the entire time i was sick give me money and all that stuff and you know, I couldn't thank him enough for that. We would have a falling out years later when he got this, he had a girlfriend, whatever. It's a long story. We won't get into it. But at that point in time, I wanted nothing more than to help my father. So my goal was to move back to the ex-girlfriend's house. Her name is Lisa, by the way, uh, and try and sell this book. And that, you know, it became my driving force. Unfortunately, stories don't always have happy endings. Uh, I could not, <clears throat> I could not get a literary agent, but, but I did find uh, some writer friends online on Twitter and in various other places. Janet Brennan being among them, I think she kind of introduced me to the writer side of Twitter. The writing community on Twitter is just so supportive and so cool. And I was on that at that time, that was the only reason I was on Twitter. Like I really didn't do anything else on it. And one day I got a follow request from Cat Charlton of Rowan Vale Books. They're based out of England. They're a self-publishing company. And after I followed her back, she messaged me almost immediately and asked me if I had anything I was working on. And as a matter of fact, I had. <laughs> Now, by this point, I have been convinced to write different versions of the book I'd already written. So I had several different manuscripts, but uh, I sent a copy of the manuscript to Kat, and she asked if I wanted to turn this into a book, and I said, of course. Of course, this is self-publishing, so I was going to need money, but I didn't have money, so... That required a conversation with my father, who said he would help me pay for it. And that's how it all started. It started with one simple follow from a woman in England who happened to be the co-founder of this self-publishing company that was really looking to revitalize the, or revolutionize, I should say, the self-publishing business. Their mission statement was they didn't like how self-publishers would treat authors and they wanted to do a better job and they really are a great bunch of people and i think the next episode will be based around them but for right now that was my journey into writing and i'm sure i will go into more detail at a later date but this is my first podcast and it should not go very long because who wants to listen to someone's first podcast that's like two hours long it's not going to happen so I'm going to cut this off right here, and um, like I said, next episode we'll probably get into Rowan Vale Books as a company and working with them and everything else. And eventually, my idea for this podcast is to talk about my books and the characters and the stories without giving too many spoilers, I think. But 
that's really what I want to do is explain my books and, you know, explain how they came to be, explain the stories in them, the characters and such. That's really the mission statement here. So that's it. I want to thank you all for listening. Um, you can follow my author page on Facebook at Robert Blanchard. My website is robertblanchardbooks.com. That's R-O-B-E-R-T-B-L-A-N-C-H-A-R-D books.com. The books also have their own Facebook pages. Uh, the Roar of a Dragon, The Treachery of a Weasel, and The Cry of a Raven. You can follow me on Twitter at Bobby's World 2110 and I have a YouTube channel by the same name where I don't always talk about my writing, but I do silly videos and hopefully entertain some people. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Bobby's World 2110. My name is Bobby Blanchard. Thank you all for listening. Be well, stay safe, and I hope you all have a fantastic week.